When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everyone, my name is Chris Lambert. On this channel, we talk Kanye West, and today we're talking the Jason Lee and Ye interview. It finally came out after like two weeks. Uh, Jason finally dropped it. So it's on Hollywood Unlocked as part of this It's Time We Humanize Kanye West article. Uh, I don't know if it's on YouTube or not, but this is where I finally found it. And you can see that the interview uh, is 42 minutes. Is that it? Oh my goodness. What is it doing? Okay, 44 minutes and 36 seconds. So uh, it's just Ye and Jason Lee talking. I actually, believe it or not, have not watched the interview yet. Yes, sometimes my life does not entirely revolve around <laughs> Ye content. Sometimes. But I will watch it soon and make kind of a, a reaction. But I figured at least for this video, we do an announcement and then go through this article here that kind of recaps some points um it's kind of funny too i didn't realize his handle was the only jason lee and that's because this actor jason lee uh from a number of things my name is earl is probably the most popular <laughs> one is also named jason lee so jason lee just kind of like no i'm the only jason lee uh so looking at this article written by Blue here, Kanye West has often been cited as a polarizing figure, but his massive impact on not just black culture, but the world at large is undeniable. That is not an opinion. It is a quantifiable fact. Yet on the warm January afternoon when he sat down with Jason Lee at the Hollywood Unlocked Studios in Los Angeles, gone was the flashiness that one would expect from someone of his celebrity, replaced by the earnest candor of a loving father. Demanding to be heard. <laughs> uh, so we get this first quote. They act like people just can't be human. They actually strip me of my human humanity when they label me and put me in a box. That's the issue that I have with paparazzi a lot. The multi-hyphenate entertainer explained while discussing how the narrative about his mental uh, health is often weaponized against him, which notice like the nice subtlety here of um, they actually strip me of my humanity when they label me. And here, Blue's careful to say the multi-hyphenates, right? So instead of reducing him down to the rapper, the musical artist, the designer, like one of these specific things, it's just the multi-hyphenate. The flashing lights rapper, you know, the multi-hyphenate entertainer <laughs> uh, explained while discussing. Okay, so a perfect example of this is the recent hoopla surrounding the 44-year-old's attempts to attend his daughter Chicago's fourth birthday party, which should have been a fun afternoon with friends and family, quickly snowballed into headlines and public debates about his, if his desire to be present that day were justified or crazy. Which, a little interesting, um, because this interview took place a week before that happened, or a few days before that happened. So then you have the article kind of getting into, even though it's talking kind of about the interview, it's getting into things in the aftermath of the interview. Uh, crazy is a word that has often been thrown at West, who now goes by Ye. But he maintains that if you took away the cleverly constructed controversies fueled by overzealous publicists, there's actually nothing wild or unhinged about a black father wanting to actively co-parent his children. 
This is the reason why I wanted to sit down and talk to you directly and talk to the world about exactly what happened, he told Lee. It's just no communication, and I never had like a Solange in my family that was really like, I feel what you're saying, even though I take care of 300,000 people in my family. Um, one of the most striking things about the 45 minute sit down is how relaxed Ye appears. 44 minutes and 36 seconds. <laughs> Uh, Ye appears when speaking about his estranged wife, Kim Kardashian, who is currently dating SNL vet Pete Davidson. There is an unexpected tenderness in his voice as he outlines their relationship, uh, as he outlines their relationship struggles, and then casually drops a draw-dropping bombshell about her sex tape scandal. Which this is something I heard, I guess maybe on Twitter yesterday or the day before, but um, he talked about, I don't know if it gets in here, he actually went and met up with Ray J. So before Kim did SNL and she's in New York preparing, Ye hopped on a red eye, flew out, met Ray J and got the actual physical copies of the tape and the data, like the main stuff that's, uh, is the basis of the Ray J Kim Kardashian tape and brought it all the way back to Kim and gave it to her so that she finally was the one in possession of this, in control of this, like it could never be distributed again. Like, in that way, like the original copy, right? Just having that source material, uh, I guess was like a huge thing. And he gave that to her <laughs> before she went on at SNL. And he was talking, at least in the interview from what I was reading or from the clip that I watched about how kind of wild it was for him to go and do all this and then have her make the jokes that she made and kiss Pete Davidson, like right in front of him while he's right there. It was just a little bit of like, oh, I just went and did this and that's what you do. Ooh. Um, okay. He said, this is the most transacted upon human being other than Santa Claus or Jesus Christ. She's the most famous person in the world, he boasts at one point, unable to contain how highly he still thinks of her. This is a stark contrast to the messaging from the Kardashian camp, whose sources allege are determined to paint Kim as a stoic matriarch, patiently waiting for a manic ex to calm down. Yeah, right? Like a lot of the headlines, which uh, Jason Lee talked about in one of his Instagram lives, was coming from a Kardashian publicist in terms of like, this is the person that's putting out all of these stories and the slant of all of the stories and the framing of all these stories to make Kim look a certain way, in this case, the stoic matriarch, while painting Ye in a different way, in this case, the manic ex who just needs to calm down. And you have seen a lot of stories like that, but then Ye goes on and does this interview with Jason Lee and it's like, oh, you know, really behind the scenes, what is he like? Because a lot of people see the headlines and they just think yelling. They have visions of Kanye on rants and think that that must be what it's like all the time. And then you see this interview with him where he's talking about all this stuff and you see the humanizing aspects of Ye. And I think that's shocking to a lot of people. I think it's something that a lot of Kanye fans have gone through themselves. Like, I feel like most of the Kanye fans I've talked to in person have had some kind of arc where it was, you're kind of interested in his music or very interested in his music, but you're not necessarily as into Ye as a person because you've read all these he headlines, heard all these things, and you're a little bit more skeptical on who he is. But then you start getting into the music and the music's so awesome. And then you start learning a little bit more. You start watching interviews, you start reading into some more details and nuance and you realize some of the perception that you had of Kanye West wasn't based in the reality of who he actually is, but in the construction of who the media makes you think he is. 
which can be aligned at times, but often can be wildly different when you're just seeing headlines and reactions and like him as the butt of jokes rather than actually seeing him, hearing from him directly. So whenever he does interviews like this, I think it goes a long way to having that humanizing element the media constantly takes from him by how they present him and choose to present him. Okay. Uh, to be fair, Ye certainly is no angel and has played his part in creating this enigmatic myth around himself, a fact that he even concedes to. Yes, like, Ye does get wild at times, but uh, I think on the overall balance of things, especially when you're following him closely over the course of years, like a lot of fans are, you realize there's certainly more good <laughs> than there is some of the the drama right and some of the the worst case scenario things um even then when you usually get things like in context they're not quite as bad as some of the headlines make them seem uh, but when it comes to his in-laws he counters we are not going to be playing these little games these little throw a stone and hide your hand moves <laughs> you know what you did but then if i scream or react or something it's like look at him he's so crazy i wasn't crazy when i put the creative director when I put the creative director skims, was it crazy when you made a temp 2 billion? Huh. Okay. <laughs> uh, I don't know if that's like a direct quote or if there's just like a word or two missing, but uh, this is something that he talked about with Drake as well. He talked about how Drake sends subliminals and it's one of those things where it's like, People hear the song and to Ye, who knows some of the context or gets why something that Drake sends that says that might seem inoffensive is actually greatly offensive. And it's one of those things where it's like he what did Ye use? He used the analogy of boxing where it's like the ref doesn't see this other guy like taking these cheap shots or getting these hits in that aren't supposed to be happening like a little below the belt shots. So then when Ye finally goes off and like hits him <laughs> after the bell or something, or it gets angry, he's the one that gets in trouble, even though he was getting provoked and poked and prodded this entire time. So he has another example of this in terms of the, the media stories that are coming out and the idea of the Kardashian family, like throwing these little stones in the media and being like, Oh, we didn't do anything. No, no, no. Did it come from us? No. Uh, okay. So to his point, there's a huge difference between disagreeing with someone and dehumanizing them altogether. Although Ye is often painted as a hysterical egomaniac, business-wise, his reach has never been wider, which begs the question, who does it actually serve to make a black man with this much power an ongoing punchline rather than leveraging his influence to feed and uplift his community? Although a lot of celebs have a reputation for being aloof and resistant to feedback, Ye has made it a point to be more accessible lately, particularly with black media outlets who have historically been deprioritized by A-listers. I wish that we could just get to a place where we just appreciate people while they're here, he explains, while recalling the night he, Lee, Floyd Mayweather, Madonna, Antonio Brown, Evan Ross, and Julia Fox were all snapped hanging out in an instantly viral clip. And while some would call that wish idealistic, it's a sobering reminder of all the living legends who have already passed away in the first few weeks of the new year. None of them perfect, but all of them still incredibly beloved for their contributions. In the midst of so many reminders about our shared mortality, do we honestly want to get into the habit of only showing people grace after they've passed? Instead of complaining about how we want the old yay back, it may be time to call the new yay in to have a more courageous conversation like the one he had with Lee. Throwing away successful black people who sincerely care about their communities just doesn't sit right with me anymore. 
because ultimately no one wins when the family feuds man and uh blue to Luzma here is a columnist whose viral think pieces have been featured on cnn huffpost buzzfeed usa today bet and several other national news outlets her work mainly focuses on dissecting pop culture promoting emotional intelligence and fostering fostering activism through the arts so yeah i think we got to see uh what blue brings to the table in that piece because when's the last time you've seen an article about yay that was this kind of heady and not <laughs> and not like philosophical in a destructive way in like what damage will yay wrought on the world rather <laughs> like what damage are we doing to an individual who like wants to do good and prioritizes doing good despite mistakes and how is the i guess criticisms levied upon Ye or the toxicity <laughs> thrown his way compare to what other celebrities receive and why is it more towards him than others and what is the end goal of this you know and it starts to get back into journalism like and modern journalism and media and this uh whatchamacallit system that we've created of monetizing clicks and monetizing anger to where the more you can start to make someone into a punching bag in the media the more you can start to generate headlines around them and the antics that they do and can start to lift them up as this um i don't want to say what's the phrase i already said punching bag so i'm trying to think of something different <laughs> but the more you can lift them up into the spectacle that's uh something that you throw darts at right that people can direct anger towards there starts to be at some point an accountability in the media or a reckoning that needs to occur and how the internet is allowing people to use voices and how outlets are allowing people to have conversations about a topic in a way that could be seen as disingenuous as directed in a way that corresponds to clicks or anger or what's in the best interest of generating views and that uh doesn't sit well with me so i appreciate blue's article here and i'm looking forward to catching like the full interview with jason lee and yay over the next you know day or so but we'll make a video in the aftermath uh sharing some thoughts but i wanted to give this article a read and let you all know that this interview is available so that's it for now until next time stay wavy and keep it loopy cheers everyone is talking about magnesium it's all you hear about but why what do we know about magnesium well magnesium is the number one mineral that 75 percent of americans are deficient in if you are a woman over 35 magnesium will help you rediscover balance energy and vitality Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.